0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Sports Podcast. I'm your host Connor Chandler. This is my co-host Jordan Harris, and we are the Bash Brothers—the only podcast where it's like sitting around with your friends, talking sports, life, and everything in between. Jordan, how you feeling this Sunday?
1: Feeling good, man. We had a good week of college football. I enjoyed. Every bit of it I had a few games get canceled. But other than that, you know, we had some pretty good, pretty good games.
0: Yeah, it was fun. Uh, we had our Thanksgiving on Saturday, so just sitting around with a big old meal, some fried turkey, and watching some football. We actually watched the Iron Bowl during our Thanksgiving lunch. We were a little yep. late on that, so that that was pretty enjoyable. Them so turkey nuggets, though, man. Gosh. Them turkey nuggets, man. That daggum, absolutely banging. Yep. All right, so, I mean, let's just hop right into it. So, let's hop right into the segment of the Bash Brothers Weekend Review. Let's start here. So, Friday, we actually had a really decent slate of games on Friday. Starting off with... Uh, Texas and Iowa State, which we'll eventually get to there. Yep. But let's kick it off here with Notre Dame and UNC. Yep. Uh, Notre Dame gets a late touchdown with about a minute left to make it a little bigger margin of victory. 31-17, they advance to 9-0. and um, I'll start it off here. So this game, we both picked Notre Dame. Really wanted to change it because, man, I think Mac Brown, that was kind of what they were playing for. Sam Howell. So UNC comes out. Sam Howell probably has one of the best games he's played all season. Their defense looked really, really good, slowing Notre Dame down. A really, really close game the whole way through, like I said, until that last minute. But, uh but ultimately I mean cream rises to the top these are the type of games that you go out there and win I think it's a pretty good win for Notre Dame continuing their undefeated season like we said now they're nine and0 they have every possibility right in front of them win in your end possibly losing your end depending on the landscape so right. I mean what did you see
1: yeah I mean same thing you know I think Sam Howell was one of those quarterbacks that you know we just I talk about it all the time inconsistent right you know you never know what Sam Howell you're gonna get came out against Notre Dame played Very well, honestly, and I mean, he just, you know, I think, like you said, Notre Dame was just clearly the better team, and that's what won them the game, ultimately. Yeah,
0: I agree. I mean, uh, Ian Book played well, you know, made some good throws, and so did Sam Howell. It was honestly a good defensive battle, but on the other hand, it was kind of who was going to blink first. I thought it was funny. I, I was sitting there watching it. Both teams score on their first two drives. 14-14 at the end of the first and then nobody scored again until like the third quarter. Yeah. I mean it was like uh, it was the chess match in the way. I'm going to figure you out, you figure me out. And I thought it would be the first to blink first and then North Carolina blinks first and then they both blinked about seven more times and then somebody eventually scored. So right. but good game. Uh, hats off to Notre Dame. All right, let's hop over to the battle for Oregon. Friday night, the old Fog game. If you watched it, you could barely see, even though Oregon had on their highlighter uniforms, playing Oregon State, who was also wearing their highlighter orange uniforms. The old upset. Making, making my prediction, yep. I said two weeks ago, I said the Pac-12 is out. After watching USC play and understanding that they were supposed to be the one rival, the, the 1A to 1B for Oregon to play in a Pac-12 title game, both undefeated, I think this puts the nail in the coffin that the Pac-12 is officially out. Oregon State upsets Oregon
1: 41-38. I'm officially jumping on the Pac-12 out train with you after this one. Um, it's I a thought- good ride. I thought it is a good ride at this point. Yeah. I thought Oregon being undefeated going into the Pac-12 championship would have a shot at this point with one loss, with their lack of games that they have to play, with the lack of competition in the Pac-12 Pac 12 is officially out. I don't think they have any hope of a college football playoff run. Yeah. To the listener, that might sound a little crazy because,
0: yes, USC is still undefeated. They were only going to play six games off rip with no makeups if they missed. I believe they've now missed two games. So, at best, what is their four, four and oh, if that? Yeah. And who are you beating at that four and oh? Nobody. And then now you're honestly. going, yeah, exactly. Like the USC Colorado game had a lot of potential to be a really good win right. for, for USC. Like, you come out and you beat Colorado, who's also undefeated by, you know, 21 points, and you're going, oh, well, maybe they're figuring things out. But yeah. that game gets canceled. You miss that opportunity. You know, just because of, the you know, it's COVID football season, I think you got to put the old nail in the coffin in Pac-12. Yeah,
1: and I mean, honestly, as much as I've kind of been off their train, I don't see Cincinnati losing the game. And there's just no way that with the schedule, like the length of schedule Cincinnati's played and undefeated Cincinnati – would get skipped over by one lost Pac-12 team as well. So I mean, Pac-12 is just done.
0: Yeah. I would, I would tend to agree with that. All right, let's jump to another one. Uh, Probably the game of the week in terms of what we wanted to see. Let's go Iron Bowl. Alabama, Auburn. I said that this would be closer than the experts thought at 14. Um, boy, was I wrong. Uh, let's be yeah. honest. Alabama comes out and never looked back. Them. Mac Jones was on fire. First touchdown he threw was like a 40-yard pass, and he put it on a dime. Yep. I mean, I mean that kid, it's him and Kyle Trask. It's 1A and oh, 1B yeah. there for the Heisman race uh alabama looked really really good i think for alabama fans you know you kind of treat it like georgia and florida it's a rivalry game that no matter who's who you just never know what can happen obviously right. there's a very storied history there in the iron bowl of, of yeah. crazy victories and crushing defeats um
1: gus Bazan tends to call that number
0: quite he does a bit too. he does but let's be honest Alabama came in as the better team. Oh yeah, they looked like it. They played like it. No nonsense. Nick Saban not even on the sidelines. Um, Steve Sarkeesian I think called a really good football game. Yeah. How much was he actually able to call? I will never. You know, we, you don't oh, yeah. know what you yeah. don't know. But uh, he did a really good job. And they come out and absolutely mollywop Auburn. Auburn gets the
1: late touchdown to make it a little more respectable yeah. at thirteen. But. I mean, you know, my favorite storyline: who's the better quarterback, and this just come down to there, it, no doubt about it. Bo Nix. I mean, I think Bo Nix is very athletic. I think he flashes greatness every now and then, and we saw it in the Alabama game. You know, he was on the money several times, and then yeah. all of a sudden he just falls off. You don't know where he goes. Mac uh, Mac Jones obviously is a Heisman front runner. You know him and Trask. Mm. so. I mean, you know, give it to the quarterbacks here. Alabama's just better. And I still believe Alabama's the best
0: the best team in the nation at this point. I, I, I fully believe that. I, yep.
1: I believe most
0: people believe that. 100%. But there were still holes in that defense. I mean, you look at uh, – I believe it's the second quarter when the game is still respectably close. Bo Nix throws a dime. To 18, what is it, Williams? Seth Williams. Yeah, Seth Williams. And, honestly, their best receiver, and it hits him in the wrong place. Everybody say it with me. Hits him in the hands. hands. And, I mean, that's a touchdown. Oh, yeah. And at that point, I think you make it a 10-point game. If you score that, he walks into the end zone because it's a blown coverage. And, you know, Seth drops the ball and literally dropped the ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for for somebody who is going to play Alabama, even though I believe you are going to have a time stopping that offense – you know, defensively, there are still some some gaps in the – there there's some cogs in the wheel that aren't quite turning the way they need to, right. even though they do look a lot better on defense. So that'll be something to follow kind of as we go along. All right, so then we go to the, the old nightcap. So, well, well, let's not go to the nightcap first. Let's go here. We knew there was going to be an upset this week. You oh, know, yeah. We ended up having to pick six games on Pick'em. We did not have to pick this game. But we were talking about it all on Friday, all on Saturday. Somebody's going to slip up. Yep. But who thought the fighting Mel Tuckers and old Sparty would come out in those? Okay, quick thoughts on those uniforms.
1: Okay, I've told you this when we were watching the game. The the off green on the letters did not look good it, it don't do with it Michigan State's normal green. No, I don't, don't know what they were doing, but it just wasn't there for me.
0: Yeah, they, I think they've had those uniforms for about Two two years, I think. yeah, that. I'm with you. Those uniforms don't do it for me. But they come out. They go against the fighting Reese Davises of Northwestern. If you watch College Game Day, you understand that reference. Reese Davis really doing a good job diving into Northwestern there, so I really like that. Yeah. And they shock them, 29-20, yeah. which the much closer game than nine points. Um, the
1: uh, last uh, yeah, fumble. The fumble yeah.
0: recovery. They do a scoop and score right there at the end. Michigan right. State does to really boost it. But, I mean, look at Mel Tucker. The two, don't get me wrong, Michigan is not a good football team. No. But that's his biggest rival. That's one of their biggest rivals. So, to come out, I think they only have two wins. Yeah. And your two wins are to Michigan, which is your biggest rival. Right. Which is a huge game to win. And then an undefeated top ten ranked uh, Northwestern. You got to look and say, listen, we got a game against Ohio State in six days now. (laughs) It gets a little more interesting. Do I think Do I think Michigan State wins that game? Obviously not. Yeah,
1: no, I was about to say, I'm not going to jump on that train with you. No, yet. not at all, no. I'm not even on that train. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting
0: watching that train go yeah. by. But it does make things a little more interesting. Yep. It makes tuning into that game a little more fun well, to watch.
1: Well, first of all, Provost Mel Tucker. Facts. Awesome defensive coordinator at Georgia. I loved him. I hated to see him go, but he's doing great now. I mean, first year Michigan State, he's doing well. I mean, he's beating his top rival, got a top ten win. You know, you can't really complain. It's going to be fun to see what Michigan State does in the coming years with him there. But yeah, I mean, this is an incredible win for Michigan State, and also, honestly, for the Big Ten's playoff implications. I think now you only have one team that's really playing for a spot. You do, and we we will definitely dive it. Oh
0: man, the, this week's uh, playoff pitcher segment is really going to be a meaty one. And but I, I and will so we will definitely get to that. But uh, but same, I agree. I mean, Mel Tucker, you know you you've only got two wins. You're playing in a Big Ten that's not great, but you have a team that's not great. You know right. Lombardi, their quarterback is he, he's growing, he's learning. He, will, I believe, he'll be de- you know develop into a decent quarterback. Yeah. But as for right now, yeah, like you said, you're beating your rival. You come out and you shock a you know you're the big upset. You're what everybody's talking about. Hey, hats off to you. You know next week you get the big dog. Next week you get Ohio State. Hey, shock the world. You never yep. know what could happen. Oh yeah. All right. So now we go nightcap. I think. This was another game in terms of playoff picture that everybody's watching because they said, okay, Texas A&M, you want to get in, you're not going to the SEC title game, most likely, barring an absolute disaster for Alabama, even though I think they might have clinched because they owned the tiebreaker. So yeah. that's out the window. They said, you want to get in, go play LSU and beat the brakes off of them. Like, don't even make it close. Very close ball game yeah. through, through, honestly, let's say three quarters
1: it and was. T- 13 minutes. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, too, like – LSU gave them these points. You know what I mean? Like, they did. I mean, honestly, Texas A&M was not scoring on offense. Like, this no, they was, weren't. It hey, was
0: fourteen to nothing. I believe in the third quarter, yeah. whenever the the starter quarterback for LSU throws the pick six, makes yeah. it twenty to nothing, and then it's literally twenty to nothing until about one minute left in the game. Yeah, and they give up the the rushing touchdown there at the end to to final score twenty to seven. Yeah. not not a good showing from Texas A&M. But listen. We are playing a ten game SEC schedule. Right, any team can be anybody on any given day, especially in the SEC. Mm-hmm. You go out there and you get the win. It honestly should have been a three score game. I mean, obviously, you know they give up the touchdown. Like I said, in the last minute of the game to LSU, so you're looking at a twenty to twenty to nothing shutout against LSU. Right, you're happy with that. Again, we'll get to the playoff picture, but if I'm the committee, I see that, and I say, listen, they went out there and they handled business. They still beat them by, what, 15 points? Yeah, you know, or, you 13 know, points. 13 points, there you go. You like that? I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, yeah, I don't think it does a whole lot to to negatively impact their playoff picture. They still have to win out. They still have to have some things happen for them to get into the top four. But, I mean, you know, it, it definitely raises some questions on their offense. Are they going to be able to beat – Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Alabama, if right. they play Alabama again, scoring 13 points on offense. Because these teams are not going to give up a whole lot of turnovers to you. Yeah, that's definitely true. And then on the back half you go, well, Florida's
0: beating everybody. They play by, you know, 30 points. But yeah. they're giving up a lot more points too. Which, right. don't get me wrong, LSU's not a good offense at all. They brought the the backup in there at the end, and yeah. he, he kind of shined. So, yeah. he might. I, I would be willing to bet he gets the tip of the cap next week whenever the LSU-Alabama game gets made up. But uh, but yeah, honestly, a good solid week of football. Yeah. I think most favorites won, so there wasn't a lot of surprises besides the Northwestern loss. Yeah. But hey, it was nice to sit back, even with the cancellations that did happen. I think there there were probably ten of them. Yeah, there you were know, plenty. Even the morning of, we're sitting there watching Pickham yeah. tick down from like eight to seven oh, yeah. to six games because yeah. the Boise State got canceled literally about an hour before they were supposed to play it or a couple right. of hours. But uh, but it was honestly a good week yeah. of college football. Looking forward to the next one. Tuesday night. The Tuesday, Tuesday night, night before the play we get the first playoff rankings. It went I think the way everybody expected. I believe yeah. I'm doing this kind of off memory. We had Alabama at 1, Notre Dame at 2, Clemson at 3, right. Ohio State at 4, Texas A&M owning yeah. the head-to-head matchup with Florida at 5 and then Florida yeah. at 6 followed by Cincinnati coming right in yeah. there at 7. Um no surprises there. I think the biggest – we're Georgia fans, obviously. I think the biggest surprise of the night was Georgia sitting there at nine <laughs> for some reason. I guess the playoff committee liked what they saw with JT Daniels. Yeah. Maybe they said, you know, different team with him, which I think we all agree it is a different team with JT there. But um, but really and truly goes the way we all thought it would. So let's just kind of hop right in with our playoff picture. I'm going to let you go ahead and go
1: first. How does your top six look? Okay. So, I mean, I think one and two really aren't changing any. Alabama, Notre Dame, um. I'm going to go with Clemson at three. Kind of showed out this week. Looks good. Ohio State, they didn't get to play their game, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, so they're they're going to sit at four. I keep going back and forth on this. You know, I think we both have on five and six. Florida still looks suspect on defense. I don't think that's going to change. It's third and Grantham, as always. But – a&M looked really sluggish against LSU, so they I'm gonna did. go back with my five pick with Florida, okay, and then six with a and I still think A&M has the best chance to get in the playoffs at the end of, when it's all said and done, right? But right now, Florida's offense just looks a whole lot better than Texas A&M, so I'm gonna have to give the nod to Florida. Okay. I I got you. I got you. So mine honestly looks the exact same as the playoff committee.
0: I'm with you. I got Bama at number one, Notre Dame at number two. I got Clemson at number three, because let's be honest, every time Clemson hits the football field, besides the Notre Dame game, where even the Notre Dame game, you take a team to double overtime. You didn't look bad that night. And obviously you didn't have the greatest player in college football currently, Trevor Lawrence, playing for you at all. He's sitting over on the sidelines with a mask on. Um, Clemson looks a lot better than, than Ohio State. And the reason I I say that is because I watched Ohio State play Indiana. Yeah. Um Indiana is a good football team, but Ohio State if you're supposed to be the Ohio State of last year, y- you know, you're supposed to come out and smash Indiana. Oh yeah. And they did not do that. Indiana looked good, but Ohio State just didn't look all that good either. Which right. honestly, neither team played their best game, but I think Ohio State from last year has definitely taken a step back. That does not mean that, you know, Anadi is not in their future this season. They could very well do it. You know, you tighten up the old cogs in the machine and you're balling. Justin Fields is a great quarterback and you have, you know, you got some rec- receivers and that running back that's really coming into their own. But, uh, but yeah, Clemson just looks like the better football team. I think Clemson will ultimately avenge that one loss that they have to Notre oh, 100%. Dame. 100%. So I got uh, Clemson at three, Notre Dame at four. And, again, listen, I know the eye test. It's it's not like uh, Florida and Texas A&M played Week One. Texas A&M and Florida met on a field, and Texas A&M was the better team on that day. Yep. Right now, they own the head-to-head matchup, so I'm with the committee. You got to put them at five, Florida at six. I understand that Texas A&M's offense looks suspect this week, but Texas, but uh, Florida's defense looks suspect every week. That's true too. So, and, and honestly, if that game gets played right now. Talk about a primetime matchup. People would be excited to watch that. Yeah. So so that would be my six. And then, yeah, throw Cincinnati uh, at old 7 right there for me. But um, honestly, you know, we touched on it before. I'm going to just throw out some hot takes here. The Pac-12 is out. I told you all that two weeks ago on the podcast before anybody in the Pac-12 ever really played a football game. Pac-12 is out completely. So let's just, you know, tuck yourself into bed at night and just accept that. I am starting to think – Nope, I'm not starting to think. I'll say it. I believe Big Twelve is out this week. Iowa State clinches the uh, the berth to go play in the Big Twelve title game when they beat Texas, who we both picked Texas. We lost that pick. Yep. Uh 23-20 game, really close game there. Dicker, the kicker, misses the uh, the late 57-yard field goal for the tie to send it to OT. The every Big Twelve team, I believe, has two losses currently. Mm-hmm. Um and there's not one of those teams that just look great enough to somehow doomsday scenario their way in. Oklahoma does look a lot better than they did. I think ultimately you will see Oklahoma versus Iowa State in a Big Twelve title game. Yeah. But there's just it's just too too late. You know we're playing a what have you done for me lately game, especially with only four spots available. So I think Pac-12 and Big Twelve are officially out. I think now it's three conferences players for four spots. So somebody will get two teams in. Uh, What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. And honestly, I don't think this is like previous years. I do think a two-loss team could have a real good shot at getting in. But here's the issue. It's where are you at in the rankings right now? Correct. As of right now, Iowa State is the highest-ranked Big 12 team. They're sitting at number 12. I don't think if you're outside the top 10 right now, you even remotely have a shot of getting in that position. So I'm going to have to agree with you. I don't think, you know, and obviously – Big 12 has been up and down this year. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, they've looked great games, and they've looked not so great some games. Right. So I just think with all that in mind, with the two losses, with how they are sitting in the rankings, I'd have to agree, Big 12 is also out along with the Pac-12.
0: Yeah, and we say this a lot. Listen, disclaimer, I'm a Georgia fan, but I am completely unbiased when I talk football. Last year, I would be the first one to tell you Georgia's offense was awful. Okay. Yeah. Um, Unbiased take here, but just completely being honest, Georgia, at two losses, is better than any Big 12 team currently playing football with two losses or more. So I'm saying if, if you were to, to doomsday scenario your way in and have a two-loss team get in, right now it's 100% Georgia. There's not a Big 12 team, whether it's Oklahoma or Iowa State or Texas or anybody who is better than Georgia is. So if a doomsday scenario were to happen for a two-loss team,
1: right now that goes to Georgia. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we kinda of talked about it last night. It was like this this isn't this, this needs to happen for Georgia again. And it's like I told you, I don't see it happening. Yeah. But it's not completely out of the picture. I mean, you figure Cincinnati loses one game, they're done with their schedule. Yeah, completely. They Florida, might already be done. Oh yeah. Florida, I, I'm still gonna say Florida's probably gonna get spanked by Alabama. I mean like yeah. Alabama just looks so much better. I don't know if spanked is the well, right term, they're gonna but get yes. Beat, I believe they they lose that so, football game there's a very good possibility Notre Dame or Clemson could eliminate the other one in the ACC championship, depending on how that goes. Correct. If A&M messes around and loses one more game, I think they're going to fall below Georgia. And obviously Northwestern lost this week. So they're going to take a step back as well. So all those things happening, probably not. Yeah, not likely, but possible. It's very possible. Yeah, I mean, I agree. If Texas A&M loses a
0: ball game, they're done. If Florida loses a ball game, they're done. You know, barring – you know, maybe Florida could lose a disastrous game here to either Tennessee or LSU, and then spank Alabama. And you got a good, yeah. you got a good conversation. conversation. Yeah, you got a good conversation there. I agree. I think if Notre if Notre Dame loses a close one to Clemson, yeah. I think they're still in. They are. They are still in. But if Clemson loses a second one. Clemson's out. gone, and I believe if it's up, you know, a thirty to nothing yeah, blowout, Notre out. Dame's gone. gone. I agree with so, that yeah, completely. there's a lot of moving parts that are still possible to happen. Yeah, but I think right now you got to look at the likely scenario that if you're not in the top six currently, you know what
1: I mean. you yeah. probably are on the outside looking in. I agree. But you yeah. know, it's gonna be interesting to see what we see on Tuesday when the playoff picture comes in.
0: It will. It really will be. But I, but, but just a hot take blanket statement over this yeah. whole playoff picture segment. If you if your conference ends in a 12
1: you're sitting at home this yep. year i' I'm, so, I'm sorry that's just that's just where I, that's just where I sit on it what about uh, a little transition I wish we had some transition music but oh yeah we're working on it. We're working on it but Dun-na-nut. our favorite segment. Yeah. Our the dog, segment. Talk, dog talk. The dogs. How did we look yesterday?
0: All right. So Georgia plays the old primetime SEC matchup. Um, and with all the cancellations, really, them and Texas M and LSU were the only two games that I think I said Texas M, Texas A&M, <laughs> were the only Plus two enough. games on. So dogs have a primetime matchup versus South Carolina, yep. obviously, who have lost their head coach in. Uh, uh uh must champ so mike bobo is head coaching who has a great lineage at georgia played there, coach there yep um and uh dogs roll their helmet out there 45 16 kirby said y'all said we couldn't rush it last week yep this week they come out 332 rushing yards i think we had james cook go over 100 yards and then another three running backs who were around the 80 yard margin which is yep. pretty nuts Especially old De- Dejon Edwards Whoa. comes out there in the last, and, and we'll get fifth there. Fifth string trust me. running back, fifth string. We there. will definitely get there. Uh, Jt comes out. Jt looked good. He uh, he yep. underthrew one pass early to Burton that I think if he puts on the money as a touchdown. Right. But uh, you know, dogs come out first drive. Uh, was it McKitty?
1: Uh, Trey McKitty. Trey yep. McKitty
0: looks great. Catches a big pass down the middle, a dime from JT, yep. and then catches the uh, the little out route to get the first touchdown, 7-0. To right. And from there, honestly, the dogs never look back. Nope. Um, defense maybe looks a little shaky, but I think you can clearly tell Kirby is playing a lot of backups. He's kind of prepping for next year. Right. We are losing a good amount of people on defense. You know, a couple key starters yep. with Richard and Eric Stokes, especially in the secondary. But they still did look better. They did oh, a no, look better in yeah, the past definitely. weeks. Definitely looked better than they did against Mississippi State. They just looked hungrier, especially up front. But, but yeah, let's focus on that run game off top. So, I told you all last week, the reason Mississippi State was able to do that, they consistently had eight men in the box, single coverage on the outside. That's why JT tore them apart. Oh, yeah. Our offensive line was moving people around like crazy. You saw receivers who were stagger-covered. You saw receivers who were double-covered. Um it's like George Pickens on the outside he had a couple passes that he caught he's a clearly double covered you know on especially on the edges they were really doing that stagger coverage oh, yeah. which is one high and one low receiver in the middle and George's uh I mean George's running backs just was feasting it was oh, yeah. Thanksgiving week and they said it's time they to freaking eat dinner and they went out there and they did so the dogs oh, handled yeah. like I said 332 rushing yards what did you see from the run game
1: Oh, 100 percent! Just a lot better. Also, James Cook, Zemir White, the first running back duo to get two touchdowns apiece since the two thousand eighteen Rose Bowl with uh, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. So, on, dude, there's that yeah. ESPN fact about yeah, LeBron James there, shooting threes on a Tuesday. Yeah, so you know it's uh it's one of those pointless facts, but hey, it's cool. You know, no, it we haven't done yeah. that since Chubb and uh, Michelle. A little mini thunder lightning but, there. Yeah, they were just all over the place. We saw we saw gaps. We saw them being able to get the corner when they needed to. Um, you know. When example. have you seen the dogs running up the middle
0: like that? I mean, it's they been were feeding. I while. Mean, don't get wrong. We are very big proponents of hey, yeah. run it to the outside because that's where that's where you guys that's where you get speed on the outside. Yeah. But man, they were
1: feasting up the middle. We even saw twelfth year senior Prater Hudson get it over. Prater Hudson got like an eight yard carry up yeah. the middle. Yeah. And I mean, of the three starting running backs, the. The long, the shortest long run was by Samir White. It was twenty two yards. That's incredible. You can't. I mean, it's tough yeah. to lose ball games playing like that. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, they were just, you know, James Cook averaged over seventeen yards that a carry for that game. That is insane. Yeah. that's he, he, crazy. He just took off, and he did that on six carries. Granted, Samir Watt yeah. took the ball of low with thirteen, but I mean, like he, James Cook showed out. It's like they said last night. You have an athlete that's really learned to become a tailback. And that James is a Cook, great way to put it. When Matt Stitchcomb yeah. said that, I said what because you know I've I've also talking about being a proponent of
0: something. I've always said James Cook needs to be that slot receiver. He needs to be that Miko. He needs to be that yeah. Isaiah McKenzie. I think. He's starting to change my mind. Don't get me yeah. wrong. A big game where you're averaging, what oh, you yeah. say, 17 yards a carry, yeah. you definitely go, oh, maybe he could be a tailback. But he really has, yeah. they're utilizing him better. He's smaller. He right. can fit through
1: holes, and he still looks to absorb a hit at the end. And what I loved about this game, too, was, you know, last week we saw JT go out and win the football game. There Correct. was no run attack. JT threw the ball over the field. He won that game with over 400 yards passing. Yeah. This week, you saw Georgia get back to what they know, mm-hmm. run game first. Pass. J.T. was super consistent with his passes when he yes, had he to. Was. He had over he had 139 yards passing. Had the one pick wasn't his fault. Kyrus just kind of you know got hit. Dropped Literally the ball a, into ball, the guy's a ball a ball hits Kyrus in the wrong place. Say it with me, everybody. Hit him, him In, in the hands. hands. But yeah, I mean J.T. did what he was supposed to do as a quarterback at Georgia. He played consistent. He kept the ball safe. Scored two touchdowns, so I mean, hey, you know, I'll tell you that Arian Smith obviously got his first career touchdown. What a throw, too! It was a pretty throw. Arian's
0: one of the fastest kids on the team, and you know he breaks open and JT puts it right on him, drops a dime in the old piggy bank. So yeah, you love to see that. I have no complaints. I think all around they
1: played a great game.
0: Yeah, Georgia looked really good, and it's it's nice. I don't know if it's the fact that there's no pressure on us because we're really you know we're playing for the best bowl game possible and we're playing for next year, but uh, there's no pressure, but. It's just fun to watch this team play. To know that as soon as somebody breaks through a secondary, who let's be honest, we have seen somebody torch a secondary, whether it's Alabama, Florida, yeah. or Two Egg Tech. It doesn't matter who we're playing, and we just couldn't put it yeah. on them. But now you fully trust J.T. Daniels after only two games, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. That whenever somebody, Kyris Jackson, you know Jermaine Burton, whoever it is, breaks through a secondary, he gonna put it on them. Oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. especially I mean, give him time. You yeah. know, we have seen him underthrow a couple balls, even though some of them honestly get caught pretty often. Yeah. But give that dude time, and he really will. He, yeah. It's it's so exciting to watch Georgia play right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would love to have another shot. I would love to have one more really big game left on the yeah, schedule to really see what he's about. See can what JT's do. about. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean – Hats off to Kirby, hats off to all the coaches, everybody. They came out, they had a great game plan, they ran the ball well. Also, this shows you how well you ran the football. When was the last time you ran a football for 332 yards, and what does that do to the clock? Tick, 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 tick. And you still put
1: up 45 points. 45 points and honestly 52 if you didn't kneel the ball there at the end with showing show sportsmanship.
0: Kirby's showing some sports, sportsmanship. Yeah. So let's talk about that last drive cuz I think that was a last night on the Dog Vent on the Rivals board chat. That was a big point of discussion. So Dejon Edwards, who is the fifth string quarterback. He obviously comes in as the fourth string with Kendall Milton being on the sideline with yeah. the injury. Um We've seen him in, in, in spurts, and yeah. the kid has always looked really good. True freshman, am I yeah. correct on that? Oh, yeah. So, Dajon's a true freshman, number 33, and uh, he comes out, and I don't know what the game plan was here, but Kirby said, listen, I, we, we're going to get this ball in the 20, and you're getting every handoff from here until we either have to punt or score a touchdown, yeah. which didn't end up happening at the end. So, Dajon, what he, what did he come away with? Like 80, 77 yards. 77 yards, yep. so it had to be right around 80. Some great runs, running hungry, looking yeah. to finish runs, hitting somebody at the end, which we know the great Herschel Rocker was always looking to hit somebody at the end of a run. Um, just looked fantastic. We get all the way to the three-yard line. Kirby and Mike Bobo are very good friends. You're already up 45-16. Yeah. A minute less left in the football game. Kirby decides to kneel the football yeah. and take the score at 45-13. A lot of dog fans were not happy with this. Here's why they were not happy. Dajon is a kid who has not got a lot of carries. He hadn't touched the ball much. You give him the rock the whole time, like a workhorse. I think, what, like nine, ten straight rushes? Oh, something like that. He finally had to come out of the game. He was so gassed. Nine, ten straight rushes down the field, and he gets you to the three-yard line, and you don't reward him with the touchdown. Especially after we all remember the video, which I'm sure the guy saw a hundred times this week, of South Carolina tearing up the hedges. Which was that Mike Bobo's fault? No, it wasn't. But they did. They came in last year to Sanford Stadium. They upset us. You know, obviously, we're all ticked off about that. And then you go over to our hedges. Will Muschamp, a guy who coached, I mean, who played at the University of Georgia. Mm -hmm. He knows what's going on. He knows the tradition. And he lets the guys tear up the hedges. You wanted that last touchdown to say, this is what happens when you mess with the big dog. You might, which we're 5-5 and in the last 10 matchups. But you might get us once, but, boy, we're going to get you way more times than that. Right. But Kirby showed a lot of class and a lot of sportsmanship.
1: What, What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, Dajon, obviously there's going to be some questions about why he's so far back on the depth chart. Dude has a nasty cut. He does. Man, his lateral movement yeah. is insane. But I think what you saw some, too, is when he got into a situation where he didn't necessarily need to cut, he tried to rely on it more. He did, yeah. And I think that may be a little bit contributing to why he's so far back. Plus, I mean, look at who you got in front of him, too. I mean, like...
0: Right, but you're also you a, a true... You know, we've talked about it with COVID. You're a true freshman coming yeah. in. You're learning playbooks, blocking schemes. Maybe he's not the the greatest pass protector in coverage. Maybe he's not the gre- the greatest catcher out of the backfield. Or receiver, yep. so I mean, there's a whole lot of things that we just don't know there, but it in is. terms of watching the kid run the football, he's dynamic, like you said, great lateral movement. Those first three steps are very quick, unlike, oh, yeah. you know, unlike you know, other people. You know, I mean, the kid looked really good, would it have does. loved to see him get rewarded with the touchdown, but hey, class act by Kirby, yeah, like I said, him and Mike Bobo are great yeah. friends, they room together
1: in college, you know, and you want to see it. One big thing I want to bring up, I think, last when we kind of wrap up dog talk here is. Saw it kind of, I think we knew it was going to happen. QB room filled up quick this year. Oh, yeah. Juan Mathis did not make the trip to South Carolina. As as far as we know right now, he is fully intending on entering the transfer portal. I mean, I think at this point you have to understand Brock's coming in next year. JT at this point has fully cemented his starting spot. Obviously, beginning the year, he kind of lost the starting battle to Stetson after the Arkansas game. But, you know, hey, more power to him. Like, he, he did great to battle back from his brain surgery last year, and it's just – with the with the quarterback talent we have right now, I don't think it's just in the cards for him to be a starter at University of Georgia. So, you know, I, I think he'll do good somewhere. I think he'll find a home where he can contribute a lot. But yeah, sounds yeah. like right now he's gone.
0: I mean, I'm with you, and yeah, I believe I believe yeah that news broke like right before game time, yeah, right right or almost like during, yeah. like right right at the start of the kickoff, and uh, yeah. Hey, Eminem said it. You only get your one chance to blow. This opportunity comes once yeah. in a, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and he got it. He got one start. He got one chance. Did the offense help him out with all the penalties against Arkansas? Obviously no, not. not. At all. He also had another shot against Florida, yeah. where he looked decent, but you could tell the moment's just too big for him. Right. And then he saw the writing on the wall. You got J T. Daniels who comes in and just electrifies not only the, the, the football game but the fan base oh yeah we're like we said we're excited to watch him play football and then you got Brock Vandergriff coming in next year yep I mean at best your third you know what I'm saying maybe Carson Beck develops in your fourth Right. Hey, look at Talia, uh, Tua's younger brother. Yeah, he saw the writing on the wall at Alabama. He he was behind Tua and behind Mac Jones. He was the third string. He goes to Maryland and he's now starting at a Big Ten school. Who who? He's honestly looked pretty good. Didn't look so great against Indiana. Honestly, looked really bad against Indiana. But he's had a really good season. So yeah, you know, hats off to DeJuan. Thank you for what you did. I would have maybe liked to see you stuck it out to the end of the season because there's only two more football games. But, I mean, hey, get you a head start. Find you a good new home. Put your head down. Work hard. And, you know, we'll see you probably two or three years. Maybe you're in the old combine. Maybe you're going to the draft somewhere
1: else. So, yeah, best luck to him. So, how how did we do on pick them last week with pick the old pick? So so
0: so not let not this week, but the weekend before, three and one. That's yeah. a dang respectable. Yeah, so that. so let's run through what we ended up picking here. Yeah. So the first game we picked was uh, Texas and Iowa State. Right. We said this boy, this is the game Texas wins. Yep. Texas comes out, looks fantastic. Dagum it. Here's the reason. Ah oh, man, this just frustrates the heck out of me. <laughs> here is the reason that we picked Texas. One man. Sam Ellinger. He's dreamed his whole life of playing uh, quarterback for the University of Texas, OUT. Him and Matthew McConaughey out here just balling. (laughs) He comes in the game, plays a really good football game. I believe he is like a fifth-year senior. He is as smart in terms of football IQ as he should be, and he takes a sack on third and ten with the game on the line with 10 seconds left in the football game, that makes Dicker the kicker, who's a really good kicker, have to come out and kick a 57-yarder, which he has made before to his credit, whether he missed it or he made it. I mean, he could have made that kick and they go on to win. Sam Ellinger, you cannot make that mistake. The one thing you cannot do in that position, and you can tell I'm salty about missing this pick, (laughs) is take the sack right there. We had a great upset called... And, it, obviously, it didn't go that way. Iowa State, yep. well done. So, we literally start off our Friday weekend oh, and one 0-1. Oh,
1: Texas is back there, right? I mean, not exactly. I mean, you know, it just comes down to Elgar is one of those guys. He's great quarterback, great, very good athlete, very good arm. You, you may not know what Sam Elger you're going to get that week. He, he, you know, he, he makes some bad decisions sometimes. He does not, he's not always his sharpest. And, you know, at the end of the game, he just kind of – yeah, and I, I believe a, that
0: one falls solely on him. Still a great game by Texas. I mean, you come in as the yep. underdog. Iowa State's clearly the better team. Brock Purdy's a really good quarterback. They're playing really good football. Right. You saw the coach for them get emotional after they clinched for the Big 12 title game. That's honestly a good oh, – yeah. They were saying going in that the fan base was saying, this is the biggest game in Iowa State history yeah. up to oh, this yeah. point. And it really was. You've clinched a spot in the uh, Big 12 title game. Hey, go win you a Big 12 right. championship versus probably Oklahoma. I mean, that would be a fantastic season for them. So we start off the weekend 0-1. Then follow literally directly following that game on ESPN is the Notre Dame UNC game.
1: Yeah,
0: I literally texted you right before this game. We went to Olive Garden for lunch after Black Friday shopping, and I'm sitting there watching the game on Hulu on my phone. And I t- I texted you and I said I want to pick UNC so bad. Yeah, I said we picked we, we dropped it on the potty that we believe Notre Dame right. will win. Both of us. I said I want to switch it so bad, but I just can't. The defense of of North Carolina won't hold up. Ultimately, that happened. So now we're one-and-one.
1: One. You, you were comfortable with that as well? You stuck with Notre Dame? Oh, yeah, yeah, Notre Dame all the way. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of like our third game we're about to kind of talk about too, but – Back. Same way with Auburn-Alabama, the best team, better team won that game. Yep, you know, so I think. I, Iron Bowl, you know, we
0: both picked that one. We both pick Alabama, and, you know, Alabama, I think it was a lot. I mean, you know, hats off to my brother. He told me, hey, they're going to blow him out, and he turned out to be right. I yeah. called it at 14 because I thought it would be close. I thought the rivalry would at least keep it close. Yeah, Auburn had their opportunities, ultimately could not take advantage of them with Bo Nix. Nope. I also thought it was very funny. No shade thrown here, but, like, all, uh on game day, they somebody had the sign that said Bo Nicks more like throws picks, yeah. which is the classic for yeah, yeah. And Bo that picks. was just – it was funny that, that game day kind of highlighted that. And ultimately, that's what happened. I mean, you look at that pass that he threw right before the half when they have a shot to just bring it a little closer before yeah. halftime. And the, the announcer goes, the only thing you can't do here is turn the ball over. Next throw, picks Turns the ball over. <laughs> Turns yeah. it over. And then so we're 2-1 now on picks. The fourth and final game that we picked last week was USC-Colorado. We both took – well, no, we were swapped. We we, yep. we were actually split. So, you picked USC. I picked Colorado. Yep. Ultimately, that game was uh, succumbed to COVID issues and yep. was not able to get so played. The world may never know that. Game. That's right. So, hey, in the past two weeks, what, that's five and two? Five and two. I'll and take two. Two. that all day. I'll take that all day long. Yep. Hey, game day, call me. If Pilot gets sick one week, yeah. I'll gladly hey, fill it in. All right, so honestly, good slate of games coming up yep. here. I believe we're week 14. Week eleven on our pick 'em board, but week fourteen overall. Let's start it here. I feel like we're always starting in the Big Ten. Indiana, Wisconsin. Wisconsin coming off that loss. Indiana coming honestly looked very shaky against Maryland, but ultimately pulls out the win. And and coming off of that heartbreaking loss to to Ohio State, I think you expected that. Uh, Indiana comes in, I'm guessing they're the heavy favorite. Hadn't even looked at the stats yet. I'll go ahead and start it off. Listen, Wisconsin got exposed, okay? They yep. got exposed in their last game So against Northwestern. They could not move the football at all. Indiana's defense is actually really good. They didn't necessarily show it in that Ohio State game, but they did against Maryland and took Talia. Uh, give me Indiana
1: pretty easily. Yeah, well, I do want to say this. Percentage-wise... Wisconsin is a heavy favorite, at eighty four percent. FBI. FBI. Yeah. However, after Wisconsin's last loss, I yeah I'm on the same page with you. I don't really have a whole lot of faith in them. They look very inconsistent, especially on offense. You know, once that run game got shut down, passing game couldn't really take over and do anything. I mean, Indiana's looked fairly good all the way around. They played Ohio State really well. I'm gonna give me Indiana.
0: Yeah. Yeah, all right, throw me, throw me another game out there. What you got?
1: All right, what about, again, I don't necessarily think this is going to translate into anything, but, you know, with Michigan State last week, they're kind of gaining some ground. Sticking in the Big Ten, huh? Sticking in the Big Ten. What about old Ohio State, Michigan State coming in? Can, can Mel Tucker and Michigan State get upset over Ohio State? Listen, Michigan
0: State has not had a good football season by, by their standards. Obviously, you would love to just have a winning record for Mel Tucker's first year. Yep. We said it earlier. Michigan is your biggest rival as Michigan State. You yeah. beat them. Then you come in and you got a Northwestern who has complete playoff potential hopes. They're looking forward to meeting Ohio State in the Big Ten title game and possibly going to the playoff. You crush that dream right there. That's two huge wins. Yeah. Even though Michigan's not a football good football team, that's huge wins. Now, you'd like we said, you got the big dog. But let me tell you, the big dog finna bite back. Ohio State. I think Ohio State handles them pretty pretty easily. Where are they playing at? Is it at they're Michigan State? At Michigan State. So yeah. they're playing at Sparty. Uh yeah, I'm I would say twenty one. A 21-point spread there feels pretty comfortable. I think Ohio State handles business pretty easily there. What do you think?
1: I almost want to say you're giving Michigan State too much credit on that one. But yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, Ohio's, I mean Michigan State, this is Mel Tucker's first year. He's still getting this program together. Ohio State's kind of solidified. Justin Fields come in as their second-year starter, just a better quarterback. I mean, honestly, I think Ohio State just wipes the floor with them on this one. I don't, I don't, see it being much of a game, honestly.
0: Yeah, I think that one's. Yeah, I think that's a pretty easy pick. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing. See, when you pick an upset in terms of picking, when you pick an upset, there has to be something out there that you can sink your teeth into. Yeah. You know, no, oh, whether yeah. it's a it's a key injury like Nick Saban being out against right. Alabama, that's something. If you were trying to pick the upset, you can sink your teeth into oh, yeah. whenever they played Auburn this weekend. There's just nothing there for me in terms of picking an upset. Picking upsets, picking picking football in general has to be very methodical. Yeah, you have to put if you if I mean don't get me wrong, I could put all the homework in the world in, and you could never look at anything else, and we could you could pick better than me because foot picking football is is you know it is very lucky. It's random based. Yeah, but I mean ultimately. There's nothing there for me to sink my teeth into. Even though Michigan State has had some very good wins that I don't think anyone's expected, especially this one at Northwestern. Ultimately, Ryan Day, whether he's on the sideline or not, is going to, you know. Yeah. Which here's something we gotta look at. And we didn't talk about this during playoff pitcher. Ohio State obviously did not play this weekend due because of COVID. Right. They said it was not on their side. Okay? Yeah. So We now are looking at a COVID protocol for the Big Ten where you have to sit out 21 days, okay? Right. If they have an outbreak, it could be catastrophic here. The Big Ten, by their rule set, you have to play a set number of games before you can qualify for their championship game. Right. At this point, in order for Ohio State to play for the Big Ten title game, they must play their next two ball games. Right. That 21 day rule could keep them from playing either one of those ball games and ultimately setting up an Ohio State team who maybe only has four wins, even though they're undefeated, can't play for a Big Ten title right. game. At what point are you, I mean, Compare an undefeated 4-0 Ohio State whose best win was to Indiana by seven points right. to a Texas A&M who might end up running the table at 9-1.
1: and I couldn't put Ohio State in over them. I think it's going to depend on what the committee decides to do. My, my personal opinion is that undefeated Ohio State, even without the Big Ten Championship, will get in. But I do kind of want to swap to something.
0: Wait, you're saying with only four wins, I think you so. think? See, I, I, I have to completely so. disagree
1: with that one. But, can, just bringing up A&M again, here might be an interesting game. Texas A&M going into Jordan-Hare on Saturday. Yeah. Can Auburn get the upset? What okay. do you think? So here's the cat. Here here's here's what I here's what you would
0: sink your teeth into. Okay. Yeah. Is it the Texas A and M that we've seen against everybody play? I agree. Or is it the Texas A and M that we saw against LSU? Because let's be honest, they show up and play what they did against LSU, Auburn beats them. Yeah. Auburn does have a good offense, and they have a better defense than LSU does. If I, yeah, I mean, whew, man. Yeah, give me the upset. No homework done. Auburn. Yeah, give me give me the upset. Auburn being at home, coming off of a loss to Alabama, you're going to be licking your wounds. The only yep. way to salvage this season, knock off Texas A and M. Texas A and M has been trending down, especially with that LSU performance. Yep. Even though, like I okay, so here's the asterisk against that. As Texas a I would not move you in the playoff picture. You had one rough-looking football game besides right. that Alabama game. You're fine. You come out. You beat Auburn by 21 points. All is well and forgiven. Yeah. You're back on track. You're the fifth seat. You're the fifth team right now in the playoff picture. Oh, yeah. You're very comfortable. It, it's just, man, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, give me the upset. I like the upset. I'm picking
1: Auburn. I was hoping you were going to give me a hot take here, but now it doesn't seem as hot because you picked them too. But I think Bo Nix – Flip flops a lot. I think he's going to come off with kind of a rough game against Alabama. Come back, play good against Texas A and M. It's kind of what he does. Yeah, I'm going to give Auburn and give Auburn a close one here. Thanks for the old upset. So we're um, dude. Yeah. I
0: love how consistently together we are. We've literally we've been doing this I think for four or five weeks now. I think this is our I fifth know, week. But I,
1: I wanted you to pick A and M. I know. So I could be we the only literally one. <laughs> have only split on one
0: game, and that game was not even able to be played. Yeah. Hey, great minds think alike, and listen, we do our homework. We take picking football very seriously. I mean, we're watching game film. We're looking at statistical analysis. I'm trying to know if somebody broke up with their girlfriend this weekend. <laughs> like, I'm trying to do everything. Hey, if Vegas knows it. I need to try and know I it. I hear that. All right. So I think one more game is just interesting to talk about here. Florida clinches this week if that with a with them winning or a Georgia loss. Let's be honest. Georgia's playing Vanderbilt, who's who yeah, literally is yeah, has not won happen. a football game. Georgia's not going to lose most likely. Um, Florida goes and plays Tennessee. This historically a pretty good football game but Tennessee's just not the team that Tennessee normally is yeah. and Florida is really good this season especially on offense. You want to pick it?
1: Yeah, I'll pick it. I mean honestly, Florida is scoring almost or scoring over double the points per game that Tennessee is. Florida's offense is just eons ahead of Tennessee right now. Oh, nice word usage. Eons. eons. Yeah. eons. Well, yeah, I'm, done. Trying, I'm trying to expand. You my went vocabulary. you went to college? I'm trying to expand my vocabulary yeah, a little bit. Go. But even with Florida's defense being what it is, I mean, I don't think this is going to be Close, to be honest with you. I think Florida's going to run away with it.
0: Yeah, ultimately, the the Georgia fan in me would love to see a massive upset here, and then that puts
1: so much pressure on that LSU rematch.
0: But it's just not going to happen. Florida is playing really good football this year. As much as they are a rival of Georgia, that offense looks really good. You've heard us say, that that defense is very suspect. Tennessee will score points on Florida. Yeah. But they will not score more than Florida's offense will score. Kyle Pitts was back. Kyle Trask to Kyle Pitts looked really good. Man, Kyle Pitts is so good, man. Just that slant that they ran on like the three-yard line. Kyle Pitts just pulls it out of thin air, grabs yep. it, pulls it in for a touchdown. I think he had two on the day. Yeah, give me Florida. Probably pretty big, too. I don't really see it being close. Maybe yeah. close early because Florida's games have kind of gone that right. way. Even Vanderbilt and Kentucky scored some touchdowns. But, right. yeah, you got you to gotta give me yeah. Florida.
1: Well, let's just wait on Saturday and see what happens. It's going to be a good week.
0: Saturday is coming up. So, everybody, we appreciate all the support that we've had. Again, if you have any thoughts, feelings, you think any of our takes are absolute trash, Feel free to post it in the comments. You can find us everywhere that you listen to podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We are available everywhere. We have a Facebook and Twitter page, so like us and
1: follow there at Bash Brothers Sports
0: Podcast. Jordan, where can they find you? Uh, on
1: Instagram and Twitter, Jay Harris underscore 6 or on Facebook at Jordan Harris.
0: You can find me at... Connor Mason Chandler on Instagram, Connor Chandler on Facebook, or at the local Piggly Wiggly Deli in Donaldsonville on Saturday, picking up <laughs> picking up a plate for game day. Some old fried chicken butter beans Absolutely. and black eyed peas there. There you go. All right, man. Y'all stay safe. You know, enjoy your football. You know, have a great week. Be blessed. And uh as always, we are the Bash Brothers signing off. Yep.